When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Da, 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 da. Welcome to the Love of the Star podcast. I am Bobby Belt, Dallas Cowboys insider for 105 Through the Fan in Dallas, your radio flagship home of the Dallas Cowboys. Joined, as always, by former Super Bowl winning NFL scout Brian Broaddus. He is now the co-host of the G-Bag Nation, 2 to 7 p.m. Central, Monday through Friday on 105 Through the Fan in Dallas. He is also the pre- and post-game co-host on the Dallas Cowboys radio network. He is the, uh, the the crawfish godfather to David Hellman. Um, what, what other titles can I throw your way? You're the co-host of the draft show, the godfather of the draft show. We can just we can heap all of them on there. Uh, Brian, how you doing? I'm doing well, and that is the voice of Bobby Belt uh, on 105.3 The Fan. He's a Cowboys insider. Uh, does a great job out there at the star, uh, traveling with the team, being with the team, getting all the information for the team. He's also on 5.30 in the morning till 10 a.m. with uh, Sean and RJ and Bobby on 105.3 The Fan. Robert, uh, yes, you and I have a lot of jobs. You and I have <laughs> a lot of jobs. And we also have this podcast, Love the Star, and then Bobby's also on the draft show. So, again – we're uh, we're all pedaling real fast right now. So Brian, we've got uh, some movement here with the Cowboys and free agency. A lot of different things to talk about. Uh, let's talk about the acquisitions that have been made uh, and including the trades. The the biggest news, of course, uh, as we at the time that we record this podcast, the free agency set to begin tomorrow. The official start of free agency is that the Cowboys have a brand new starting cornerback in. Five-time Pro Bowler Stefan Gilmore, who they traded a fifth-round pick for to the Indianapolis Colts. He will be 33 this season. There are injuries starting to pile up, but this is still a very good football player. Um, this is a guy that, if you're asking me, you know, Patrick Peterson just signed with Pittsburgh this week. If you're asking me who's a better football player right now, Patrick Peterson or Stefan Gilmore, I'm not even hesitating in telling you it's Stefan Gilmore. Uh, but Brian, your your thoughts on the trade, and uh, you know, obviously, you're going to do some film dive in, I would guess, here in the next day or so. But but your initial reaction to the trade? Yeah, I was uh, I was impressed that the Cowboys were able to make a deal like this, and you know, good job of using the compensatory five that they picked up in order to make this happen. You know, that's the things you got to do uh, when you're when you're working on these deals. You got to find ways to take those assets and be able to move them, whether you're in the draft or maybe in, uh, you know, in this time period where somebody is looking to move on from a player. And so I, I fully applaud what they did here. Um, I think there's a couple of factors. Uh, Gilmore had an interception against the Cowboys in the game in early December, mm -hmm. five targets his way two receptions. Uh, overall, he's right about a 50% completion guy uh, against him. The numbers, I'm not a huge metrics guy, but I have a feeling that the Cowboys did their due diligence on this one, evaluating the player, the opportunity to grab the player. I know Jerry Jones has a tremendous friendship with Bill Belichick. 
I guarantee you that Jerry Jones got on the phone and had a discussion with uh, Bill about the player and what the player could bring uh, to the Cowboys, not only with the scouting reports they had from the Colts and maybe Carolina and the, and the Patriots, but then you also get that, that verbal confirmation from a Bill Belichick saying, hey, listen, this guy can do this and this and this. And, uh, you know, I applaud him. The, the money for them is right. The compensation is right. And it, it kind of protects you, even though this is a really, really deep corner draft, maybe at 26 you don't have to go tag that corner right now. You can focus on another area. And, uh, but because corner clearly was one that they're looking at right now. And so I don't think it precludes them from drafting a corner. I just don't know if they're going to go for a corner now at 26, but I, I applaud the move for using their, their assets as trade pieces, uh, their, their picks to go get veteran players that could definitely still play at a high level. When you look at the, the move itself, is this, do you think, any sort of an indictment on Kelvin Joseph? Yes. Specifically. Like, like do yes. you think part of what it is is, man, I wish we could trust this guy? Yes. I Yes, absolutely. And go, go ahead. Finish out your thought because you asked the question. I know you have an idea of what you just asked that you, you want to – I'll give you a chance to expand your thoughts on this. I, yeah, I just – I look at this and I say that if – I think if the Cowboys could go back and do everything over again, and I think if you would have asked them two months after the pick, if you can go back and do everything over again, do you pick Kelvin Joseph? I think they say no, even before he steps on the field, because I think they have an idea. He's not a professional. He's he's somebody who, when when he stepped out there, you, you can talk to a lot of people in that building, and they will tell you that's just a guy they don't trust off the field. That's a guy they don't trust on the field. They feel like as soon as he's out there on the field, teams are looking for him. And and that and that teams are going to try and pick on him. Teams are going to try and take advantage of him, and they've been able to. It's not a, an attempt to do it. They've been able to take advantage of him and pick on him. And it's just frustrating when you look at a guy who is, you know, what the forty first pick in the draft or whatever he was. Um, that's a guy that you expect to come in, especially with red flags. He was a first round talent. You know, you, you'd put up with some of the off the field stuff if you actually got performance on the football field from him, and they get nothing. And now they're at a point where they have to make a trade to acquire another corner. They can't just trust that, hey, he's going to step up and make a contribution here. And you're, you're left having to trade for who's – Stephon Gilmore is a good player and you're happy to have him. But it's a deal that I don't think should have needed to be made if Kelvin Joseph is just, you know, half the reliable player they thought he could be. I think it also might be a little bit of an indictment of Anthony Brown. You know, and I, 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 am, a, I am one of those guys – and I'm, I'll always admit when I'm wrong. I, I just think it's a, it's a trait you have to have in your life. You don't want to be wrong all the time. But I felt like there were a couple of guys, Dortz Armstrong and then also Anthony Brown, were going to have those breakout kind of seasons. I felt like that Anthony Brown opposite Diggs was going to have everything that Deron Bland did, I thought Anthony Brown was going to do. That's the kind of year I thought Anthony Brown was gonna was gonna have, but now you know you look at the situation. Bland got better. Bland very well could be putting Jordan Lewis on the street. You know, you look at you know that there could be a complete remake of this. Okay, now to get back to Kelvin Joseph, the thing about Kelvin Joseph is they did a lot of work on him. I mean, a lot of work. 
Dan Quinn, uh, Will McClay, Mike McCarthy going to Lexington, Kentucky, doing the workout. You know, guys, I talked to myself at LSU will tell you, hey, you know, good kid. Trouble is always at arm's length. We learned that a little bit about him as a player. But, you know, this was a guy that did not play in a lot of games. He just didn't. His career was very short when you start to talk about his experience. Very, very talented guy. What was encouraging to me was that he was able to thrive in the situation as a uh, as a special teamer. You know, maybe a little, a little less pressure on him, but, man, he just couldn't stay healthy enough. Uh, things would happen along the way. The offseason wasn't a very good situation for him. So, yeah, uh, I, I could absolutely see the, the fact of development of Bland, the, the, the signing of Gilmore, and then also the adding potentially of a draft pick, uh, say, in rounds one, two, or three, uh, that could make a difference at cornerback. Uh, uh, it is a little bit disappointing, though, uh, with Kelvin Joseph. I'm sure he's going to get one more chance here uh, to see uh, if he can kind of pull things together. But I think he's at the the very, very end of his rope right now with the team. One uh, player in the secondary who they drafted, they they developed and had success with, and somebody that they are retaining is Donovan Wilson, who signs a three-year deal up to $24 million. So when I was in Indianapolis and you kind of heard the chatter about what was going on, what I had heard was Donovan Wilson wanted eight. The Cowboys wanted to pay him four. Uh, it looks like this is essentially a two-year $7 million deal, uh, $7 million per season. But with escalators and potentially a third year, it could become eight. But ultimately, I, I think given the terms of the deal and what I had heard, and I mean, I know you and I talked about this off the air. I told you what it sounded like he was looking for. This right. sounds like Donovan Wilson won the negotiation with them. Well, what happened, I think, Bobby, is that there was such a desire from not only I, – I think this is driven by two people. I think this is driven by Mike McCarthy, and I think this one's driven by Dan Quinn. And I I, I know what you're saying. I think you're absolutely right uh, as far as what the Cowboys were willing to offer. I know that I was talking to you while we were at baseball in Arizona – you were at the combine. You're calling me up and you're saying, Brian, this thing ain't close. This is not close. And I, I have a feeling instead of letting Donovan Wilson walk, the Cowboys, Jerry Jones, Stephen Jones, Ada Pacifica, did the coaching staff a huge favor and, and pushed, pushed the envelope a little further to where they got this deal done. They, they probably were dug in on what they wanted to pay, but when you had a coaching staff that was adamant about having I, – I know there's there were those whispers coming out of, you know, with Mike McCarthy that were coming out of Indianapolis. We, we've got to have Donovan Wilson back. We've got to have him back. I think the front office said, okay, Mike, we see what you're talking about here. We're going to make this happen, and they did. The other name that they brought back, another one that I think they similarly wanted to fight for was Leighton Vander Esch. Uh, he is going to be coming back on what amounts to a two-year $11 million deal. Uh, I think he was probably looking in the range of 7 to $8 million, so Cowboys get a little bit of a discount here 
Uh, there are reports out there from Jane Slater, the Steelers, the Texans, both of them were making hard pushes here. Uh, but the Cowboys end up bringing back Leighton Vanders, who I think is a really important piece for them and the stability of their defense and, and somebody who makes sure that everybody else is doing their jobs. I know people get frustrated with the injuries with him, some of the, the troubles he's had. He hasn't been, you know, played at his very best in a couple different seasons. But I think in terms of high IQ, understanding everybody's responsibilities, it was absolutely critical that they would bring Leighton Vander Esch back. No, you're absolutely right about that. And, you know, with Leighton Vander Esch, we saw what happened with Anthony Barr and Clark and Cox. And, you know, they really, you know, the couple of games that he was out, it was a little bit of a struggle for the defense to have to deal, uh, you know, with with his loss. I, I, I know, Bobby, you and I have talked about this too. I don't remember we talked about it on the last podcast, but the, the pecking order to me appeared to be Wilson, Van Der Esch, and then Bobby Wagner. So if they got wiped out on those first two guys, then they were going to go after Bobby Wagner. And now I feel like that Bobby Wagner could be wrong. This sounds like to me they're out on that deal. Again, could be wrong. You don't know Dan Quinn. Uh, they're riding a little bit of a heater right now. Maybe Dan Quinn can talk Bobby Wagner into coming with the Cowboys and, and playing. I think Bobby Wagner's looking for something a little bit more stable than maybe a one-year deal or something like that. But uh, I, I would say it's a really successful day for the Cowboys. Day two, which usually the Cowboys are not a player in day two. And the fact that they signed really two key defensive players and added a third, I I will say that they 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 the front office coaching staff deserves a lot of credit for what they were able to pull off. We're also hearing that they're interested or there have been various reports out there from Josina Anderson. I've I've heard some similar chatter that they are targeting trying to make something happen with Dante Fowler as well. Uh make something happen to bring him back to the team. Uh, before obviously knowing the terms of that, but if that's the way that's headed, are are you in favor of a return for Dante Fowler, who I think was a fairly efficient pass rusher for them? There were, there were some times where he wasn't great, but I mean, I think for the value of what you invested and what you'll probably invest for another year, he's worth it. Yeah, I think any time that, uh, that you get the opportunity for these defensive linemen to work with AD and then also get to work with Dan Quinn, I – Count me in. Count me in as, you know, if you want to bring some defensive linemen back, it, you know, to me, uh, I I just, you know, I, I look at Hankins, you know, that that whole situation. Uh, you know, if there's some way you can one year deal that thing to make it worthwhile, uh, or to make it fair for him and for you, uh, I, I just feel like any one of these defensive linemen that you put out there those coaches are going to get the absolute best out of them. So, you know, if, if you can, if you sure can make that happen, then uh, I'm all for it. You are listening to the love of the star podcast. The love of the stars and odyssey podcast. You can find it on the odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. 